welcome to the Fantasy Rewind Podcast. I'm your co-host, Dylan Stroll, and I'm joined, as always, by my friend Mike. Hey! So today, we are going to continue on with our Percy Jackson and the Olympians coverage over on Disney+, Plus with episode four, which is titled... I plunge to my death. I plunge to my death! Okay, so... We're back after a little bit of a week hiatus after I had mouth surgery, so I couldn't really speak much. Um, But we are back, we are ready to roll, and we're coming at you now with the rest of our Percy Jackson coverage. So, Mike, we're going to dive right in and talk about those reminders. So, first of all, if you want to get in contact with the show, you can follow us over on X, which is at Fantasy Rewind. We are also over on Instagram, which is at Fantasy Rewind Pod. And you could also send us an email, which is fantasyrewindpod at gmail.com. Without any farther delay, let's dive into this rewind. Alright, Dylan, I plunged to my death. In this episode, we get the crew. Um, Traveling via bus again after their <laughs> didn't learn their first lesson Medusa. the first time, <laughs> and uh, they end up getting chased. Nope, nope. Sorry, not the bus. Apologies. Train, train. They went by train, and they meet the mother of monsters and the chimera. And I'm pretty sure I said the kid in the right. <laughs> uh, if I mispronounced it, apologies. You can butcher me, uh, but. Anyway, they meet her, and they meet the Chimera, and, you know, they end up at a Temple of Athena, which was the... The, the, uh, the Arch. The Arch, yes. Yes, the Midwest is Arch. Is that in Indianapolis? I think that's Where? in Kansas City, Missouri. Oh, okay. It, listen, I, I mean, <laughs> Maybe. They, t- they said it in the show, but, like, I don't know my famous arches that well, apparently, yeah. but... This is a Temple of Athena in modern times, and it sort of introduces the concept that they can have those in present-day United States, which makes sense later on when we find out where Mount Olympus is located, and we already got a hint to it. It's the Empire State Building, right? So it is St. Louis, Missouri. Okay, St. Louis, Missouri. They end up going there. Uh, we have our three friends here percy grover and annabeth and annabeth finds out that basically she is not going to get any help from her mother because her mother was disappointed in the fact that they shipped medusa's head up to mount olympus and so she does not protect them when they go into her temple and she lets the chimera and echidna follow them in and basically chase them up um and this it doesn't help either that percy has been stabbed and they tried healing him by sprinkling water from a fountain on him no dice on that. He ends up facing off against the Kidna and the Chimera and drops to his presumed demise until part of the lake comes up, or the river, sorry, comes up, grabs him and pulls him in. He is healed down there. He has a conversation with a water nymph and finds out that his dad does support him. And I think that was a big thing in this episode was really the conversation between annabeth and percy about the parents their parents and grover does sidestep and just try to kind of um redirect them back to what's important and stuff but that's been a really important piece and this episode was really impactful going forward because it does set up 
um, Percy's sort of relationship with his dad. He realizes... Yeah, it changes everything. Yeah. This was a turning point for him in that. Because previously, he's like, oh, it doesn't matter. Like, my dad's never done anything for me. He was never there. Uh, I've just kind of walked through the episode really quickly. <laughs> took broad strokes, I know. Uh, but Dylan, what was your overall kind of thoughts through this episode as we were going um, through it and things that stood out for you and we'll just have an open dialogue about it yeah so there's a few things i want to make sure i talk about here um the first thing i want to talk about is just the chimera itself at Mm -hmm. first because percy gets stabbed by the chimera before anyone even knows what's happening it's like what does this person have in here oh my god percy was just stabbed like it kind of comes out of nowhere Mm -hmm. and then it's hiding inside this like little dog cage and then a kitten lets it loose, and it's this much, much bigger beast that than you would have expected to come out of that little cage. And so, just like the way that they just ramp right up the action there, the the suspense of what is happening with Percy, like how is he going to overcome them when he's already wounded? Like I thought that was very interesting because it's a completely like train off the rails way to do it of just going right up to 11 the entire time you know just ramping up that pace so what were your thoughts on that in particular i think they did a really nice job of really kind of showing the mist in action right kidna kind of shows up and she actually flies into the the train as it's moving Uh, and it was a quick little glimpse and um, cause they get kind of detained by the police, like, oh, what happened to your train room? And it was a kid that had flown into it and kind of wrecked it, <laughs> um, and then blamed it on them. So they would be detained so she could like sit down and talk with them. And it showed, uh, how, you know, the human perception of the chimera versus their perception. They could see the beast once it was out of the dog carrier, mm-hmm. while as everyone else would just see this little Pomeranian, uh moving down the trainway and i i really like that because i think it was such a great like um contrast mm, it was sure. it was fun yeah. but at the same time it was like scary you know if it, i kind of thought about oh wow if i was one of those people there all of a sudden i'm seeing these doors get knocked out and then all i'm seeing is this little pomeranian run by like what's going on you know <laughs> so much confusion there but it just showed the power of the the mist which they've talked about Um, And they're trying to, you know, sort of get us as viewers to see. Because in um, in the book, it is a really important piece, especially as uh, the series continues to unfold. I think about it almost like uh, channeling in Wheel of Time. You know, you can read about it and in the show we can see it. But no, like outside of people who can channel, they shouldn't. Nobody else should be able to see it. Mm. So try. How do you show that? And sort of, you know, keep that balance of, like, other people can't see it. I like the contrast there between the Wheel of Time channeling and In the Mist here and Percy Jackson. Um, But the next thing I want to make sure I hit on is that one of the things that happens in this episode, and you discussed it already a little bit, was the shifting of the parental relationship between Percy Mm. and Poseidon without ever introducing Poseidon himself yet. And at the same time, the relationship that is demonstrated between Athena and her daughter. So, like, when we're talking about Percy, you already mentioned how 
Percy wants nothing to do with Poseidon. He's like, you're my dad, supposedly. I don't care. You know, you've mm-hmm. never been there for me. Why would I do anything to please you? I don't care what people think about you. And then Poseidon has like his envoys, basically, with the nymph there, save Percy as he's fallen to his death there and heal him and basically promising him answers to the this question of who you are and this longing he's had to like fit in and like have a place in the world and all of a sudden percy goes from six to midnight and is like i am here for you poseidon like let's do this like he still isn't like worshiping him or anything like that yeah but he is he's very hopeful very energetic and like wanting to meet his dad finally when at the start of this episode he wouldn't care if he never met his father before. And so, like, the act of, you know, stepping up and being there for him, even though it's through, like, his envoys, really did change Percy's perception of him, I think. Yeah. And, I mean, some of some of what we're you're talking about, we don't get quite until, like, the next couple episodes in terms of, like, that full optimism and hope. Uh, this episode does kind of end... He pops out of the water, and then he says, we're going to Santa Monica. Or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. But like you get more of what you're talking about as we go into the the other. But but really this the this event can't be understated in terms of that. And I mean, both you and I ended up watching just like after this episode, we end up just watching the rest (laughs) of the uh, series. We're going to split this up, though, um, because these are quick episodes anyway to talk about each one of them. But I agree. Just the tonal shift. And I think that was done so well, because really Percy does want his dad. You right. Know? Of course he does. Yes. Every, everyone does. And just to know that that person cares is a big deal. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't understand just yet the ramifications of being a forbidden child. Right. Like there were a lot of rules there. And we learn more in the next couple episodes about why, you know, why Poseidon maybe wasn't as present and some of the ramifications of God's being present in their mortal lives. Because Percy doesn't understand, like, why his dad wouldn't be there for him. But there are, you know, there there's reasons. So the next and, part I want to mention yeah. that kind of goes along with this is the relationship of Athena and Annabeth. Yeah. So we see in this episode also just how disinterested the gods can be in the lives of their children. To the point where they are willing to offer them up to death, basically, if they don't do what they want from, like, for them. Like, Athena was so offended by receiving Medusa's head, along with the rest of the gods that were present at Mount Olympus, that she was like, yeah, Annabeth, yeah, take care of, uh, you know, Echidna if you can. Oh, there's a Chimera too? Yeah, have fun. If you die, eh, I don't care. Or at least it never got to that point, but that was like yeah. the message she was sending by by this. And something that we didn't mention yet so far is that Annabeth did see the fates when she was going to the temple here. And that they did basically foreshadow that one of them was going to die. And I, I'm not sure if that was supposed to be like Percy falling to his death and then being caught by his father or not whatnot, but... Anyways, that relationship between Athena and Annabeth just kind of shows how big of a dick the gods can be. 
you're not uh, you're not wrong on that one. Um, and it is, you know, obviously Annabeth is pretty shook up about that, right? Because she does want to make her mother proud. She does want to get glory and all those things for her to show her like her affection and everything else. And Percy's the kind of kind of the one who's just like, we shouldn't have to do this mm-hmm. to get their love and attention. And I think that's really important too, because I don't think that changes with the event from his dad. You know, no, I think though it just changes the the relationship or the the wanting of a relationship um, yeah. with Percy and the willingness later on to like uh, to I'll do something for glory. You know, yeah. I will do that. Um, so there is a willingness there. So yeah. But I just want to point out too, like that's a very different perspective because Percy was raised outside of this environment. Mm-hmm. And that comes really forward in the next couple of episodes as well. Yeah. Uh, Grover in this episode, I didn't, I mean, I didn't really have too much, too much to say about him. He, he was kind of, he's been sort of like just kind of, it's been Grover. It's been a side character. Yeah. It's really been Annabeth and Percy. I mean, And so that brings me to the final thing I want to talk about for this mm-hmm. episode here. And it is Percy developing into a leader. Mm-hmm. Where Annabeth and Grover were with him up in the temple there, up in the arch. And the Chimera and Echidna were coming. And... Percy's like, yeah, let's go. And so they start going down the stairs and then he slams the door shut and makes it so that they can't come back and follow him. Basically saying, you guys get out of here. I'm sacrificing myself for this thing. Let's see how this goes. And it's just Percy developing into the leader that he wanted to be, I think, almost the entire time. Um, And it's kind of that ongoing confrontation between Annabeth and Percy of who's really in charge of this quest. Like who is, who is the leader within here? And this is Percy stepping up in a big way. Yeah. And it was really important for Percy, I think too, in finding who he is, you know, he's the one who, when things get tough, he's going to be there. And you kind of see that going forward too. Yes, definitely. So yeah, agreed. Overall, I like this episode Mm -hmm. had a little bit of action, but these episodes almost feel too short. <laughs> they really do. They really do. The last two episodes got bumped up to 40 minutes, and I felt like that was a good amount of time. I felt like there was a there was enough in those, those two episodes, but we really don't get into a lot of action, uh, probably like you would want until, honestly, some of the later books. I mean, they've also, well, yeah. <laughs> i'm just gonna i'm just gonna stop just talking. end it there yeah. yeah i have no idea what you're talking about because i haven't read yeah, exactly. the books but that's i'm great i'm okay with it <laughs> yeah. but yeah uh, i think that's all i really have to say about this episode i thought that it was a good one like you said i felt a little cramped but mm-hmm. that hasn't been a major problem um with um, the episode so far and i think just like having watched the rest of the series so far that there are episodes that do have like that same cramping issue, but then there's mm-hmm. other ones that still don't. There's other ones that where it feels great as far as the oh, length yeah. and everything. So I don't think having this be an eight episode series or a season rather um, is a, it's a downfall to the to it at all. I'd agree. I would agree. 
All right, so that's going to do it for this coverage of episode four of Percy Jackson and the Olympians. We're on to episode five. See you next time. See ya.